In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He went and said to the first, My boy, you go and work in a vineyard today. He answered, I will not go. But afterwards thought better of it and went. The man then went and said the same thing to the second who answered, Certainly, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the father's will? The first, they said. Jesus said to them, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you, a pattern of true righteousness, but you did not believe him, and yet the tax collectors and prostitutes did. Even after seeing that, you refused to think better of it and believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord Most folks would be familiar with the other parable involving two sons, though the focus in the Gospel of St. Luke seems to be on a younger son who is a wastrel, ironically called the prodigal son. The Sioux sons in that famous parable are morally ambivalent. They are neither purely good nor purely bad. This is understandable since the focus is on the character of the father. But here in Matthew's parable of two sons, the moral lines are clearly drawn between good and bad, light and darkness. And yet, Matthew acknowledges how someone good may end up bad and someone bad may eventually turn good. Those in the light can fall into darkness as easily as those who are in the darkness can be redeemed and brought into the light. So the parable draws a contrast between the early response of the two sons to the father's request to go and work in a vineyard today and their actual response at the end of the story. Don't be too quick to judge either son. We need to stay around till the end to see the actual outcome and we will be surprised by the ending. The son who refused at the beginning relents and then does the job. The other son acquiesces without any protest when first asked but then chooses to do nothing. Our Lord poses this question to his disciples. Which of the two did the fathers will? And just like the disciples, our answer would be the first. The lesson in this parable is restated by our Lord in a Sermon on the Mount. It is not anyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but a person who does the will of my Father in heaven. It is no use simply saying, Christ is our Lord. We have to express it in our behavior. What is the difference between the first son and the second? The actions of both sons show that no position is written in stone and that they are subject to change, sometimes for the better, 
sometimes for the worse. The change that we are looking at as instrumental to our salvation is called repentance. If sin is clearly demonstrated as disobedience, the first son, after open refusal, repents of his sin, better late than never, and goes to work for his father. He who was disobedient now chooses to be obedient. He overcomes and changes from bad to good. After experiencing the negative results of sin, he yields to his father's instructions, changing direction, and does as his father commanded him. The fruit of his repentance. Repentance can change the outcome of the story of every man or woman, even the greatest sinner. What is repentance? The Greek word we translate as repentance is metanoia. The verb to repent is metanoio, and it means to change your mind. Metanoia's Hebrew counterpart is shuva, which means to return. So when the Lord says repent and believe in the gospel, he is basically saying change your mind about sin. Return to God by believing the good news. In order to be saved, we must repent. Repentance means not just running back to God, but running away from anything that would keep us from God. Our call to repentance is really our call to conversion. It is not just a call to change, but to become our most authentic selves as children of God. For us Catholics, repentance is not just a private act of contrition where we confess our sins to God directly and hope for His forgiveness. Many often wonder why, whether God has truly forgiven their sins or continues to hold it against them. There seems to be no way of verifying except to rely on our gut feelings. But the good news is that we do not have to speculate as to whether our sins have really been forgiven or we remain entrapped. One of the most important sacraments, the sacrament of penance, or popularly known as confession, provides a penitent with an objective confirmation. Through the ministry of the priests, the penitent will get a definitive answer when the words of absolution are pronounced over the person. God, the Father, mercy to the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. To the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace and absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is a shame when the sacrament is so un un underappreciated and so underutilized for our growth in holiness. It is important to remember that long lines for Holy Communion is not the barometer for a spiritually vibrant church unless it is matched by long lines to the confessional. I like the image found in the description of the early fathers of the church when they call this sac sacrament the second plank of salvation after the shipwreck, which is the loss of grace. Now imagine that. God throws us a plank after the shipwreck of sin, which has caused us to lose saving grace. This sacrament is visible assurance that God has not abandoned us. He has not written us off as in 
incorrigible. He has not dismissed us as irredeemable. Just like the first son, we too may have said no to his invitation to go into the vineyard and work. But he always keeps a door and window open for us to return and make up for lost time and opportunity. God throws us a plank after our lives and the lives of others have been shipwrecked by sin. Most of us know what it means to live with regret. Lost opportunities may never be recovered, but not in the area of grace. God offers us countless opportunities before our death to repent, to amend our lives, to change our decision, and remake our path before it is too late. But let us not live with the presumption that we will have more time, which gives us cause to delay our repentance and return to do His will. Let us not think that we are secure just because we have got it right at the start. The challenge is not just to get it right at the start, but to keep on the right path faithfully to the very end and to immediately repent should we stray. As the prophet Ezekiel warns us in the first reading, when the upright man renounces his integrity to commit sin and dies because of this, he dies because of the evil that he himself has committed. But when a sinner renounces sin to become law-abiding and honest, he deserves to live. He has chosen to renounce all his previous sins. He shall certainly live. He shall not die. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.